0: Hi there. Welcome to a new episode of Lou Reads. Thank you so much for choosing the podcast, but just before we begin, if you're planning on reading the book that we're discussing this episode, maybe don't listen to this one. You don't want anything to get ruined. Hello. Um welcome to another episode of Lou Reads. Um it is horrendous weather where I am. It's like rainy and windy and disgusting. So if it is as autumnal with you as it is with me outside then relax take a break get a cup of tea and let's talk about some books I've been pretty nervous to talk about the book that I'm talking about this week and I'm talking about the girls which is by Emma Klein and the reason I'm pretty nervous to talk about this book is because I I almost don't know what to say about it. So every time I so every time I do one of these episodes I have a little page of notes and I have questions that I ask myself and I answer them. And this book I sort of just felt like I had nothing that valuable to give to the um to answer those questions, but I think I think that in itself is valuable. Um that I think it straddles a weird place with the books that I've been talking about recently um where it's kind of very similar to a lot of them but also kind of not comparable in any neat sense um but I I guess you'll just figure that out as you go in I don't um I don't know if you've read it (laughs) um I've read it but um this book is Emma Klein's first novel. She was actually a short story writer. She had some stories in the Paris Review. Um, she's really good and I think you can tell that she's a story a short story writer throughout. Um and I'll touch on that in a minute. But yeah, um this book I I kind of felt a bit like I finished it and I I finished it in bed when I was about to go to sleep and then I just couldn't sleep because I felt a bit like, what am I going to say about this on the podcast? Um, Yeah, (laughs) so I hope this is a valuable episode for you, Um, (laughs) if not I'm really sorry, but um, I do have some things to say and some critiques of it, and I think the ending, the way it ended, there's a reason why I felt like that. And i'm going to talk about the ending in a bit because i i'm i'm question i question it i think it's a questionable ending and i think um as a writer i didn't like it as an ending and i wouldn't have been happy to have written something like that um as the ending to my novel it didn't feel great but we'll, we'll go into it in a bit all everything in its place everything in due course so I chose this novel, which is the first question I always ask myself, you've got a real insight into the behind the scenes here, um, because my sister gave it to me. She said, you should read this, it's really good. And my sister reads a lot, but she reads a lot of the big bestsellers. So, you know, n- nothing wrong with that, but that's just to sort of give you a chance, a little glimpse into her palette. Um, she was talking to me about it earlier and we were both like yeah it's really good and that's that's the bottom line is this is a really good book um I I I think it's great I think it's one of the best books that I've read in a long time I think I enjoyed it loads I think I like I love this book like it's great and it um was so readable it was so easily readable Um, I got into it really quickly and I don't know if you've listened to my episode on We Need to Talk About Kevin um, or Death and the Penguin I'll probably talk about this um, or all my other episodes I don't even know Um, but I found those books a a little bit harder to get into but I I still really liked them I really liked um, We Need to Talk About Kevin and I really liked the girls Um, the girls, however, took me f- two, three pages to get into, and I was immediately hooked. So I think if you want a book that that is immediately attractive, I mean, like, so it's one of the easiest reads I've had in a long time because I was enjoying it so much, and I took it everywhere, and I feel a bit bad because I battered up my sister's copy because <laughs> it was in my bag all the time. But um, but yeah, it's definitely a really, really good book and I really enjoyed it. So I actually, so the way that I came across this book as well is for some reason I was doing a lot of um, sort of research on cults and narrative about cults and, um, <laughs> and this came up a lot because it is sort of based in a cult and the line that got given with it all the time on all these websites was that it was based on the Manson murders and I think yeah it, it you can see why it's based on the Manson murders but it's not really about that um and because I've read all this stuff like it's based on the Manson murders it's it's based on a true story I think I came into the novel thinking that it was going to be a bit a bit dry I found I was nervous that it was going to be boring it wasn't one of those books that um I don't know it just didn't seem to have the same buzz around it that other books that I've read have had maybe that's because of the way it was recommended to me um but there is a buzz around certain books like at the moment I'm reading conversations with friends and I felt like there was a big buzz around that book as there was with Sally Rooney's other books like normal people and there is a big hype around um I don't want to say hype because that implies that it's not not worth it because <laughs> these books are often very good. But there is sort of a um, an excitement around big bestsellers and um, Girl, Woman, Other was one of them. And I had heard nothing of the girls outside of my sister and outside of this research. So I sort of thought like, oh, maybe it's not that good. Maybe it's a bit dry. Like, you, you don't know. But... Um, no it's really really lively um it's really colourful it's really bright and I think that this is where Emma Klein's history with writing short stories is so valuable in this piece because this book it goes each scene has so much depth in it there's so many small fine details that get picked up on that I think it's almost the mark of when you write a short story you you're you're looking very closely, you're looking at small ideas. Often there are exceptions, but I've I've written a lot of short stories and I've um worked worked with a lot of short story writers and I feel like that is definitely something that comes up that, you know, when you've got a big novel, um, eighty thousand words, it's easy to forget those small little insights. And I think that em um, um I keep on calling her Emma. I feel like that's a little bit rude but I don't be like Klein so I'm being like Emma Klein sorry my phone has just gone off um Emma Klein's book is definitely written by a short story writer because it's got that intention to detail and it's so full there's so much detail on each of the pages there's so many small little bits like there's a bit where um Evie who's the protagonist is eating crackers and she's crushing them in her mouth. And there's a bit where her mum's new boyfriend puts his glass down and you can see like the finger marks. And you know, those are, each, each scene is treated like a whole story. It's got the depth to it of a whole story. So I think that um, you can, I think you can definitely tell, to go back to my point about short story writers, you can definitely tell that she's a short story writer. And I think it definitely works in her favor. And I think, I think it's if you're writing short stories and you're scared to write a longer piece, which I've often felt, this is a good example of how it's not necessarily a bad thing. But yeah, so, um, sorry, I went into details so much faster than I thought I was going to, but um, <laughs> I'll give you a little synopsis of the book. Um. So, the book is about Evie, she's 14 years old and the book is set in the summer of 1969, so you can see where the Manson similarity is kind of transparent, it's kind of there. Um. She's kind of the way I'm trying, I've got the book next to me and I keep flicking my eyes to the blurb and I don't want to read the blurb because You can read the blurb if you go online and I want to give you something a little bit more. So the book is about Evie and she's, I felt really sorry for her. I felt that she's a very likable character. She's a very sympathetic character and she's a very relatable character. She's 14 years old. She kind of doesn't, she's not like a popular girl. She's not like an unpopular girl. She's just an average girl and she's kind of at a point in her life where she wants a little bit more of it and everything feels really boring and really small and not really that special um and she's her parents are like splitting up and she's got a lot of turmoil and internal turmoil and she's also um you know she's 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 got she's also 14 <laughs> she is just a 14 year old girl and yeah she just wants more out of life and What happens is that the novel essentially charts her journey as this summer stretches on where she meets a girl, a few girls, one of them's called Suzanne, who's like her favorite person. Um, And she starts going to the ranch where they all live. She doesn't properly move in, but she's spending a lot of her time there. Um, It's got kind of culty vibes. and eventually it ends with this famous person who's a friend with Russell, who is the quote, cult quote, quote, leader. He, he gets murdered by the, the group. And I think that, that is, you know, that's, that's pure Manson murders but it's it's kind of almost not about the murder and it's kind of almost not about the cult what it's about is female friendship trying to find somewhere where you belong it's almost a coming of age novel um you know and it's about sexual awakening it's about all these these things that i think are more interesting and given more depth to in the story the 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 nineteen sixty nine Manson murder cult thing, I think, is like the premise, but it's not really anything that the novel is handling. The novel's really tackling, and we see the whole book through the eyes of Evie, and I think that that was a really clever decision on Emma Klein, Emma, <laughs> on Klein's part, because she so Evie's not a part of the murders at the end, These, this is massive spoilers but if you're listening to an episode on a book that you want to read I've told you not to do it but um, yeah so it's all from Evie's point of view and I think that was a really good decision because Evie isn't part of the murders and so what we get is we get less of a focus on Evie becoming submissive to Russell and doing everything and we get almost like um well we get her growing up but we also get her fascination with Suzanne I think it's Suzanne I, I'm i not sure if it's Suzanne or Susanna yeah it's Suzanne I do this every episode I do this where I can't remember a character's name and then I check it and I had it right in the first place I need to calm down but yeah Suzanne we <laughs> follow Evie's, like, obsession with Suzanne, and it's, like, young teenage love, and I'm not gonna say whether or not it's, like, sapphic or not, but it's, um, because I think that that depends on the way in which you read it, and I think that teenage girls have friendships that are so intense, but yeah, there's, um, it's, it's made stronger by Evie not being involved in the murders, and it's made stronger by her being this sort of relatively privileged girl. And I think that, you know, you have to consider your protagonist's background as well as their character. So Evie's kind of emotional, but kind of a risk taker. We see at the beginning um, her getting into bed with her friend's brother, like out of nowhere. Um... Which never, which he never comes back. Okay, I'm going to come back to that but um, (laughs) and she's set up to be a character that is brave, but thinks she's shy, but it's kind of awkward and embarrassing and self-conscious and she's written really well. And to do this and to make us believe the character, we get about a hundred pages of exposition into her life, into her friendships, into her parents' situation, her parents splitting up, her mum's new boyfriend, all of these things before we even engage with the cult, before before she starts hanging around with Suzanne and I think that that's really important because she gets caught between the two worlds and so we need to understand the worlds fully before we can delve into them and we, we think that we understand that every day because we live it. And I think that this is a mistake that can really easily get made, is that you think, oh, well, you understand the everyday, you understand what this person does, they wake up, they go to work, they come home, they eat dinner, they go to bed, or they go see their friends, they're 14, they're uncomfortable. But if you want to make your character really believable, you have to have a character that's perfectly situated for what's going to happen to them. You need to have a character that can lead the story and you want to have a character that your audience will want to follow into that new world and so you have to invest a little bit more time than you probably think into writing that character into creating that character because otherwise if I didn't have the 100 pages of going to like Evie and going to hate Evie's best friend Connie who they have an argument and going to you know, and not liking her mum, then I would probably dislike her a lot more than I do at the end of the novel. So I think that that's a really important point, is that you have to let your audience know the character before you make any drastic shifts to their life, because you need to understand what impact that's going to have on the character. You never go straight in with the turning point. You need to have a few moments of exposition before... The turning point occurs so that then your audience is prepared so that you can say okay well this character is like this then they're going to be really badly prepared for something like this and oh my god that thing's happening so you you need Emma Klein has done this really well it's a really good 100 pages it's really entertaining um, and it's not flat and it makes sense within the wider context of the novel there is however moments of the novel which I find really well written, but completely unnecessary. So it's not a short book, you know, it's not like, it's about 350 pages. Um, so, you know, it's not like we were grappling for space to make the novel longer, to give us something more to get our teeth into, to like hit that 80,000 words that I feel like I'm constantly in reach of, but, um, it's, it's written in two, two, linear, what am I trying to say? It's got two threads to the narrative. The narrative is two threads and that's completely fine. That happens in so many novels. In even in We Need to Talk About Kevin, there is present day Eve, Eva and, oh my God, I've got Evie and Eva. Oh, I keep doing this. I had Victor and Victor and I've got Evie and Eva. Okay, well, we had present day Eva and past Eva and, you know, we fluctuated between them and she wobbled wobbled was like going in between them um, sorry my mind is really not on it today <laughs> but um, and now in this novel in the girls which is what I'm meant to be talking about um, we have old Evie and we have young Evie and we so old Evie we have her in the present day we well contemporary modern Evie not necessarily present day, and she's sort of quiet and she's staying at her friend's house and his, in like his beach house and his son comes over with his girlfriend, and you and he goes away and leaves the girlfriend there and you track Evie's friendship with the girlfriend who's called Sasha, and then we go back into Evie's youth and we experience that, and I think that. So we don't get a lot of time with older Evie. She starts the story and she ends the story. And I think if you're being very strict and you're framing a story, yep, you need to do that. You need to start and end. Um, And we dip in and out and we see sort of things coming through with Sasha where she feels very protective and there's sort of like a sexual awkwardness in terms of you know Sasha's 16 and she's with her boyfriend and Evie you can sort of see understands how emotionally vulnerable she is as well as physically vulnerable and she almost takes on a maternal role which is completely flipped to when she's younger and there's a very nice contrast when she's younger and she's experiencing all these things and she's putting herself in danger and she's being um not, a, not made not um what am i trying to say she's being used essentially um and she's going through this very strict strict very fast rapid coming of age and you can see her in the modern day protecting sasha from a very similar thing and i think that that mirroring is very well done i just don't know if it's completely necessary and i don't know if i would want to keep that in my novel because it the two the two characters young evie and older evie don't don't chime there's no chime to it you can see her being reflective in her narration throughout so you don't necessarily need an older character to imply there is the loudest motorbike outside but you don't need the older character to necessarily give us that sort of perspective you don't need that perspective proven because well we we would assume that she's writing this later on and we resu- would assume she's looking back because it's written in past tense we don't need it evidenced constantly throughout the text by returning to this and also it i think it does well to break up the narrative sometimes as a writer as most people who've tried to write something long will know and be well sick and tired of is sometimes you're writing and you have to almost write two scenes that are very similar one next to the other and you need something to fill in that gap so that you can fill the passage of time and I think that that's what that does I think that's the purpose that it serves more for the book I think it's a writing tactic more than it adds anything to the novel because as great as those passages were As great as they were to read, as well written as they were, they didn't even have, they didn't really have a plot of their own. There was no resolution to it. We just cut to Eve at the end, Evie going for a walk on the beach. There's no big argument. I was hoping something would happen with Sasha. I was hoping that I would get to see a closer bond with Sasha, but they sort of make one and then it gets forgotten about and then they go away and Evie's left by herself again. And I think there are... That was a missed opportunity. If she wanted to grab that narrative with both hands and dip in and out of it more, that would have really worked. And I think that, you know, there is something there was something there there was something there for Evie but um for older Evie but I don't think I quite got it and I don't think I really liked it that much so I don't I don't know I I really didn't like it um I was fine with it the whole way through until I realized that nothing happens and I suppose it's kind of tragic and I suppose it's a comment on how young girls will always be victims i don't know will they i feel like that's a bit of a statement but i feel like it's you know a reflection of this The like perils of youth that are persistent and un- unending but um yeah so that that brings me on nicely to the biggest thing that I want to talk about, which is the ending. So I said earlier when I finished this book, I was like, oh my God, what am I going to say? And I think it's because it ends on a very, very strange note that I almost was like, what? I don't know. I don't know how to process this. I didn't, I didn't. So <laughs> the novel ends with what you've been building up to the whole time, which is the murders. And it's presented in a very good way. It's presented... Um, because Evie wasn't there, is presented from the outside. So she's saying, you know, the court documents that said this, and when the trial happened, it said this, and da-da-da-da. And that is a really good relaying of information. I've actually found that really a really useful thing to turn to recently, Um, to be like, how do I pass on information without literally seeing my character's receive the information how but they weren't there so how would they know and that's you'd get you get what I mean but um (laughs) the ending though then we cut to old Evie and we see her walking down the beach and we see her gets we get a real real quick tour of her life you know her saying all the things she's done and how she has made friends and lost friends and done this and done that and da-da-da-da and da-da-da-da and it, you get into like this rolling pattern of facts about easy evie's life and then you can't escape and I just felt like i wanted i wanted like a, re- a a reprieve i wanted a little break because I just felt like it was throwing things at me it, it speeds up at the end, and there were moments where I felt definitely like I was just being thrown information and I wanted that information to just slow down and I wanted, I I came out of the book a few times um, which was a real shame because up until those points I had really been immersed in the book but I think so much information was being thrown at me especially at the end when, when you've just heard about these murders, it's all about 30 pages, you hear all about the murders and then you okay I have to digest that or digest the murders and then you hear Evie you like Evie's really stressed because she thinks that she's implicated and then we oh Evie goes to boarding school and oh we have to deal with Evie doing that and then all oh, Suzanne comes back and and then you know all this like and then she leaves and then Evie grows up and then Evie's panicking on the beach because she thinks his man's gonna come and kill her and I felt like I needed a break and I think either cut that, cut the whole second story or pay more attention to it. I think that the man man on the beach being a threat at the end really came out of nowhere for me because no point throughout the book did I get the sense that Evie was like scared of men or that was dealing with the effects of being in this group and under the control of a figure like Russell and I think that I kind of was like well what's this got to do with the rest of the story not from a sense of I couldn't join the dots like I could join the dots but I was just like this doesn't feel like what the story is talking about and this feels like it's been thrown at me out of nowhere so I def I definitely wanted like if you're gonna introduce a big issue like that you know like female fear of men is a massive issue to talk about and to discuss and and the feeling of men being a threat when you're walking by yourself that's a massive a bigger thing that needed to be it needed to be pulled out and made bigger and really looked at I think it was breezed past but yeah so knowing where to end I think is the biggest problem this book has I think it's a great book besides that I definitely recommend it but I think knowing where to end is a really surprisingly valuable thing and sometimes really really hard to, to 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 look at and to figure out where you should end but I think that this had an ending that, like, dragged on and on and on because we couldn't... Okay, so we built up to the murder, but then we still had to deal with loads of things, and those things sort of felt a bit more like, oh, now I have to deal with this, because the main exciting part of the novel has been dealt with. You know, we've, we we got to the crux of the novel, the the big thing that we were building up to, so so the next however many pages feel a bit like... You, you have to work quite hard to make them them interesting and I think I think Emma did work hard to make them interesting because like Evie being scared that she was implicated in the murder and like every wincing every time the phone rings and all that stuff like that's really good and that's really good um thinking into a scene you know really good detail really really well done but then having to then deal with you know Evie's older self is I just I just think there's too much after the I think there's too much after the murders that I couldn't be bothered to pay attention to, and I don't know if it's because I finished it late and I'm just like a lazy reader, or and I just sorry I've just wiggled about, so I might have disrupted the microphone, but um yeah I don't know if I'm just a lazy reader and that like, I was just waiting for this bit and I get a bit hungry for an event in a book and then once it's gone my interest dissipates. But I, I, I found the writing still intriguing. It's just there was nothing left. So, yeah. But I would I would definitely recommend this book. As I said at the beginning, it is one of the best books I've read. In my opinion, it's one of the books that I've enjoyed the most in a while. And I, I read a lot of books. Um, so, I, out of five, I would give it four and a half stars again. Um, but, you know, I, I I'm, I'm just offering... Critiques. I'm not being like this is a bad book because of the ending I just think that you know these are things that we need to consider as, as readers and writers because there is no such thing as a perfect work of fiction you know everything has holes um, but this book is so so good <laughs> I really recommend it and I really recommend her work I think she's had some stories in the Paris Review I think I said that earlier but um, I definitely am waiting for her to release her next book, which I don't know when it will be. But yeah, love it. Love it, love it, love it. So yeah. Um, If you want to argue with me about this book, um, but will be nice, you can follow me on Twitter. My at is uh, Lou Wilmot, so L-O-U-W-I-L-L-M-O-T-T, two L's, two T's. Um... If you want to read some more of my work I some some of my work in the first instance Um, I'm a staff writer for Midheaven magazine and I also have some work published in Lunate magazine Um, and I'm doing lots of other stuff but you can find out about all of that on Twitter and you can recommend me books on Twitter which would be amazing I have actually just done like a, ma- a massive book order um, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm fine for now, but in the future, at some point, there will be a day where I am desperate for books to read. Um, so let me know as soon as you can, so that next time I do a big old book order, I can include the ones you recommended me. So thank you for listening. Um, sorry if this was a completely idiotic episode. I have no excuse. I have no excuse. Um, but next week I will be back and I will be reading, not reading, I'll be talking about conversations with friends. I'll be having a conversation with you friends about conversations with friends. I, yeah, um, okay. (laughs) Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, have a lovely week and I'll see you soon. Bye.